Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It is Thursday, August 25th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. I apologize. Those of you on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube who just jumped on, I apologize for us getting a little bit of a late start. What we really should do is charge you extra for getting in to listen to what we actually discussed before we turn the camera on, because that's the best stuff anyway. You guys always hear that. But it's Thursday. We are back to full strength. William Curlick at the bottom. You can see Mark Porter back ready and rested after being ill last week. We are here to talk all things Ohio State recruiting. Gentlemen, how goes it? Good morning. Going well. Going well. All right. Let's start at the top here, Bill. We decided we were going to kick off today's show with a discussion of the three guys that are on Ohio State's radar big time. But first, if there was a fourth guy on the radar, he's about to check off the radar, in our opinion. Desmond Umeazulu. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. He's committing elsewhere, so I don't have to worry about it. But this was a PG County, D.C. area kid who was down to, I believe, Ohio State, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Pitt. Crystal balls are rolling in, Bill, and they're not for Ohio State. Yeah, that one, um, you know, I've been saying for, for a while, I don't expect him to end up at Ohio State. And um, he's not one of the big three right now. Um, Ohio State is going big game hunting to finish this class. They've got 20 commitments. They're number four in the country. It is a great class going. Offensively, unless they can uh, get a tackle that's elite, and I mean elite, uh, they're not going to add their um, – Running back, again, you know, there's there's a depth need, but they're not going to stretch. You know, tight end, they, they would have liked to have had a two-tight end class, but they got a great one in Jelani Thurman, and I mean a great one as a super job by Kevin Wilson of recruiting him. So really offensively, they, for the most part, basically done. Defensively, numbers-wise and talent-wise, both, they're in great shape. Um, they don't have to get – anything else except defensive ends because you know people say tackles but you look at the numbers and they're not in bad shape tackles wise plus they've got will smith who is becoming a beast i saw him last week and he looks great uh, i've already put my two cents in by the way uh, for him to move to a four-star guy so we'll see um but uh they have him and Jason, or I should say, yeah, Jason Moore, mm-hmm. um, the kid from Damatha. He can play tackle. 
He's been more of a defensive end, but they've told him, you know, we're going to see where you fit in best, could be end, could be tackle. So he can play tackle. So really they just need defensive ends at this point. And the big three right now are Keon Keeley and Damon Wilson, who I fully expect to be at the Ohio State Notre Dame game. And then Mateo Angalea, who is going to get back in all likelihood to Ohio State, whether it be soon or later in the season. So those are the big three that they are focusing on to finish this recruiting class down the stretch. Bill, just for ha-has, handicap them in order right now in terms of how much you expect them to be a Buckeye. Whew, that's tough. Um, you know, Damon Wilson, you know, I said long, long ago, you know, I talked to him many times this summer and all that. And, and he is legitimately interested in Ohio State. He told me he would make an official visit. Uh, that'll be for the Notre Dame game. The Ohio State was a top choice and all. And uh, I probably put Mateo and him at the top, uh, followed by Keeley. Keeley. It would be third, mainly because of Alabama. And I think that right now that's where he's going. But you get a kid on a high state campus for an official visit, I don't ever count them out. We are going to actually uh, try and take as many questions as possible today. And the good thing is, as I look over here, some of them were already the ones I had written down. So I'm going to hit some stuff and then we'll go to that. Um, let's talk about this weekend. You guys are getting back out on the road. If you people have not seen Mark's, I am the Buckeye in the Sky from the past weekend. We kind of cobbled together some stuff and some very interesting highlights of guys they are very interested in, Will Smith, Aaron Scott, et cetera. That's definitely something you want to check out. Building another one this weekend. So let's talk about where you guys are headed. Um, Bill, I want you to go first just because I got a question I'm going to ask Mark for the second one. Well, I'm staying pretty local. I, I love it when this happens. Uh, uh, Cleveland Glenville, who was obviously a school I was going to see one way or the other, uh, they're coming down to my backyard, so to speak. I live in the Olentangy School District, and they're going to be at Olentangy Liberty on Friday night. And that's a bonanza for me. I uh, travel 10 minutes, and I see all kinds of talent and, uh, you know, Bryce West and Arvell Reese and so on and so forth. Mark can tell you he's already seen them this year. They're loaded, and I'm very anxious to see them. Mark, you are headed to Toledo, and David Belashik, one of our best viewers slash question askers, what can you tell us about quarterback Taiwan Clark of Toledo Central Catholic? He showed good pocket presence, mobile, throws a nice deep ball, mid-level recruit. Why don't you talk about him and then who else you hope to see in Toledo that might even be Ohio State good? Yeah, uh, Toledo, obviously a great area. And you say Toledo Central Catholic. That's one of the biggest schools there. And Toledo Whitmer. Both those guys are playing. Uh, I think Central Catholic has a Columbus school coming up there. Uh, I was going to try to get to Toledo St. John's and right across the street, basically, from St. John's is Springfield Holland. So I have a big night in Toledo. Uh, The quarterback you're referencing, I saw him as a freshman at the Toledo football camp, ironically. Uh, Stood out like a sore thumb. You know, it was unbelievable that he was a freshman. Uh, And I've been waiting for this day where he's actually become relevant. And this is the weekend where he's relevant. He's finally got some stats under his belt. He's finally got some game action. Uh, When I saw him, he was very raw and unpolished. But I expected him to get better. Uh, But, you know, this is why I go to these games, because I can't fully answer these questions until we see these guys in person. But the name you mentioned, Taiwan Clark, he's one of the number one guys I want to see. There's an offensive lineman at Toledo Whitmer. There's a handful of guys at St. John's. 
Uh, my plate is full for the next 10 weeks, but Bill has the marquee matchup with all the Glenville guys coming to his backyard. All right, Bill, here's, here's current events. Um, I saw that Brandon Ennis caught a touchdown pass on the first play of the game that he was in, and Carnell Tate claimed he was going to do the same and did it on a kickoff return on the first play of the game, which is one-up to him. I don't know what else. Is, I don't know how you get any earlier than that. But then the chatter has started again about possible flip to Tennessee. If anyone remembers, uh, Tennessee was very heavily in the mix with Carnell Tate. I believe the other heavy suitor was Notre Dame. Let's not forget Carnell is really a Chicago native down at IMG in Bradenton, Florida. What's the latest, Bill? Have you heard any of this chatter? How confident are you that Carnell Tate will end up a Buckeye? Definitely heard the chatter. And I'll go back to when uh, there was all kinds of chatter that Carnell was going to commit to Tennessee rather than Ohio State. Uh, and I said even after he committed to Ohio State, which I thought was going to happen, I said that this is going to be a recruitment that's not going to end today, the day he commits. It's going to go all the way through. There's going to be continue to be some chatter about it. it it's just going to be one of those where he people are going to wonder, and the recruitment is going to go through. And I'm not surprised that this is happening. I expect it to go all the way through to December. Um but I do expect, I think, the way things stand now, he signs with Ohio State. I've checked with people on the Ohio State side. I've checked with people on the Tennessee side. And there's the chatter, but there's nothing concrete right now. And I still think he's going to end up at Ohio State. But I think it's going to be a ride. We're going to have to ride it out and wait till he signs. And um, Tennessee's going to keep recruiting him. And you've got the NIL and all that. Uh, Nico, the quarterback, uh, commitment is his friend and all that so we're going to continue to hear about it uh, but I still like Ohio State one positive thing to consider for everyone during recruiting is that you know we've had a long time here with no games so you're kind of selling you know NIL and you know fantasy matter. Yeah, you're selling once, last year once they start playing games again and Ohio State goes out there and starts kicking everybody's ass, and Tennessee looks like a ramshackle organization, it's going to be much more difficult to pitch success to somebody. So if we can get to the beginning of the season here, this is always how I feel about the NFL draft as well. Oh, we're recruiting receivers, recruiting receivers. The NFL draft happens. Your guys go 11, 12, 13. It's much easier to recruit the next day. So let's just wait this out here. Tennessee being mentioned, if Carnell Tate decides to go to Tennessee, more power to him, he's doing it for the money. There's no other argument against it. You can't argue Tennessee is a better place to prepare him for his job in his career than Ohio State. I don't accept that. Um, you could argue it's a better place to get paid right now. There's no question. And if he wants yeah. to go there to get paid short term, I, no yeah. problem. And short term is, is the correct rebuttal. It's a short term fix, but. Boy, uh, how many people in this uh, country are short-sighted right now and would take the, the, the easy nickel over the long money, you know? Uh, I think, uh, just as an aside, the college coaches would love to have a signing day right now in August. Oh, sure. You know, the, the, they got the December one, which, okay, they saved themselves an extra month or so of having to recruit. But what, she, what, what Bill just said is this thing is going to be a recruiting battle for four months, and there's no college coach that wants to, to do that battle. They'd like to have him signed, sealed, and delivered. And it may never happen, but an August signing day is what, you know, 
maybe in the future because I know college coaches are pushing earlier and earlier to sign them and stop recruiting them. And, and also there's a, there's some movement out there, some talk of making it allowable to sign at any point, which would be very interesting. But, you know, I, I get back to it. I still expect Carnell Tate, when he is allowed to sign, I expect him to sign with Ohio State. Chris, I hope you heard that. You, Bill answered that right before you said it. That's why he's the dean. Is he telekinetic? It's very, very possible. All right, Bill. Actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break here at our 11.45 mark to pay some bills. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back if you're listening to the podcast. Corey Pokraka. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Buck's got a few studs to add to the slobs recently. Of course, the generous name for the offensive lineman. Bill and Mark, who can we keep an eye on in the future classes? Maybe even some lower-rated Ohio guys who could rise. Once again, we're talking offensive linemen. And it is not uncommon for a late bloomer. I can't – Avery out of St. Clairsville. I can't remember his last name right now. Guys b- blossom up and grow up especially within state, a little unknown. Who are some guys we can keep an eye on? Both of you guys can take this one. I'm going okay, to let Mark, Mark talk about the Ohio guys. Um, I'll talk briefly here nationally, and then I'll let Mark talk about the Ohio guys. But uh, nationally, there's a kid that I really like a lot. He's not low-rated, but he's not as high as maybe – I feel he should be. Ian Moore from Indiana, he's good. He's very good. I saw him at Ohio State's camp. He has an offer from Ohio State, and he likes the Buckeyes quite a bit. I think he's going to end up at Ohio State or Notre Dame would be my feeling right now. So uh, Notre Dame has not offered him yet. That's why maybe he's not – I could consider him a slightly lower rated. I think they probably will eventually. But um, uh, Ian Moore is somebody definitely to consider – you know, when you talk about potential Ohio State guys. Mark? Yeah, um, a bunch of guys. The top two guys for 24, uh, Luke Hamilton, Ben Roebuck. We've talked about them to death. The next little rung of guys, uh, Freddie Johnson, uh, that Bill's going to see at Glenville. Enormous, saw him a few weeks ago. Uh, Tommy Ricard at uh, Hudson is a guy I'm going to check out. Toledo Central Catholic headed up there this weekend. Mark Nave, big offensive lineman. And then Deontay and uh, Devontae Armstrong. Bill, they got a lot of extra work at the Ohio State camp. We didn't realize that they were going to be coming back again next year at the Ohio State camp. And I bet you they're not 260 or 270 when they show up next year at this time. And they were easily two of the most athletic linemen in this class. You know, a lot to develop there. But those are names a little farther down the road. Uh, But there'll be guys that pop up. We saw the kid at uh, Winford, you know, off the beaten trail, the the freshman that was 6'7". You know, so there's a lot of names that – I'm out tracking right now. You saw a big guy at Toledo St. John's last year. Nobody's talking about. So off the beaten trail, yes, there are guys. And that's why you remember at Buck Nuts is we're going to find them. We're going to tell them to you first. 
Bill, have we talked about any possible flips after these recruits see our awesome defense? That was kind of what, what I was going to try and say earlier is that, you know, yes, we haven't seen Ohio State take the field, but we also haven't seen this new defense. Do you think it's a possibility that if Jim Knowles' group comes out and and, and you know, develops a quick name for itself, that they have a chance to flip the defensive guys? Or are we too far down the road, you think? Oh, I don't think it's too far down the road. You know, obviously, Keon Keeley was a guy we've been talking about a long time uh, as far as flips. And, you know, I guess he's not a, would not be considered a flip anymore because he's now decommitted. But right. certainly he's a guy we've talked about forever as a potential flip guy. Um, Tackett Curtis, they have been recruiting him still. They told him that they would stay in contact. Um, he's pretty locked in right now with USC. You know, we'll see. Um, uh, but I, but I think that the flips, as far as Ohio State goes, usually come a little bit later. You know, they don't. Uh, they they kind of wait and see. You know, what schools uh, are maybe not doing as well that they can flip some ki- a kid from, for instance. And that comes once the season starts. So I think you will see. I think guys' day defense is going to be at least pretty good, maybe better than that, but at least pretty good. And I think that they will go and and look at see it who might be flippable as the season progresses. And it's not, you know, we talk about Ohio State playing football in the fall. There are some kids that are coming out for their senior year here in high school that are going to be so much better than they were as juniors because kids grow and get better that it's not like it's a stagnant landscape for talent. So that's why this thing is totally fluid. There's a kid. I mean, it's almost a guarantee that there's a kid going into his senior year right now that no one really knows about that's going to be a pro football player. Who can find him? I mean, who, who gets on him quickly enough? And Ohio State, that's one of the beautiful things I think about Ohio State is they can come in late on a guy like that and wow the family with an offer and get themselves accelerated. All right. I, 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 real quick, I don't want to uh, um, say that he was not known at all, but C.J. Stroud, uh, you know, I won't. I'll never yeah. forget. I was down at uh, in Texas at um, the bowl game, and Ohio State had not really been recruiting Stroud at that point. And this is his senior year, and Greg Biggins, our California guy, kept saying, "Bill, Bill, Ohio State's got to get on this guy. You got to let him know this guy's really, really good." Uh, and again, we're talking about December. Um, and then, of course, Ohio State did get on him. Ohio State did land him. And now Ohio State's got the potential uh, Heisman Trophy guy at quarterback. So an overall pick possible. Yeah. So, you know, that's a guy that they got on late. Uh, and they did a great job of recruiting him then. And they won out. And it's almost, listen, it's spoiling in some way to get Dylan Rayola uh, so early. You're talking about getting, and I said this in uh, Tuesday's podcast with Steve Wolfong, you can make a real strong argument that Dylan Rayola is the most valuable player in high school football. If he's that level of a quarterback, his pedigree, um, the fact that he's already decided to come to Ohio State, et cetera. So, yes, we're spoiled in that respect, um, just like we are going to look for the late bloomers as well. Let's talk about this guy, Jeremiah Bonsu. Jeremiah Bonsu? Uh, committed Jaden Bonzu. Who's Jeremiah? Jeremiah Bonzu used to play uh, power forward for the Washington Wizards. I apologize. <laughs> uh, 
That's terrible. But he is also from the East Coast, further north, New Jersey. Uh, really a standout. I'm not sure he had as much fanfare coming into it. We were all just, let's be honest, blindly following the Caleb Downs train. Um, how long before Bonsu slides the linebacker? He's about 210 pounds now, and if you look at him, there are several pictures of him with no pads on. This is a rocked-up dude. Um, a very good chance. I almost think he looks like we call it the, the monster, the werewolf position, whatever they're, you know, the, the glorified hybrid safety. Uh, Mark, you did a recruiting report on him. What did you think? Yeah, you know what? He lined up in a lot of different spots to show off his versatility. And what we're learning about Jim Knowles is his linebackers and safeties have interchangeable parts, meaning sometimes they'll stand where a linebacker is or sometimes the linebackers will stand where a safety typically is. So you kind of use these guys for their strengths. So I don't care if he's ever labeled a linebacker or labeled a safety. We'll see how he is used and lined up. So even if he's labeled a safety, you can guarantee he's lining up doing some linebacker things because he is getting so big. And as long as he can run the way we saw in film, there's no reason they technically move him yet. But size and all that stuff dictates that he probably fits in better with the linebackers. But if he stays at safety and he's truly a safety at 210 pounds, that's one of the most special safeties that's going to be drafted in the NFL because that is a freaking thumper back there. And when he comes downhill, I don't know if there are too many 210-pound safeties playing right now. Bill, your thoughts on Bonsu? Well, uh, right now he is – I agree with Mark. He's a safety right now, and that's how they've recruited him. But I, I see him uh, like a, along the lines of a Garrett Stover who they've told – that you know you, you could play safety, you could play up on the uh, near the line as a linebacker, the, the combo guy, so to speak. So I, I think uh, he is potentially like like that. But again, right now he's a safety. And that position has really changed. If you guys follow the NFL at all, um, just to bring it home a little bit, like I saw Dax Hill from Michigan playing over the weekend, and he's a starting safety as a rookie. He's 190 pounds. Six foot, 190 pounds, he used to be a cornerback. That's done with. you got to be able to run with the tight ends now. you got to be – I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan. They drafted a guy named Israel Mukuamu out of Syracuse, who was a taller corner, and they he's a complete hybrid player. He goes – he's a nickel corner. He can play back. He can play in the box. Um, and he's, he's, he's taller, but he's only about 205 pounds. So the, the Roy Williams, Oklahoma safety, linebacker in the back, those guys are dinosaurs. They cannot keep up with the receivers and the um, kind of the complications of the passing game. You know, Raquan McMillan was a star middle linebacker here, kind of struggled in pass coverage a little bit and, and, and dropped in the draft. The classic middle linebacker, the LeVon Kirkland's of the world, those guys are dinosaurs, man. Those you're, guys you're, talking are, a, you're, talking a lot, you're talking a lot of 90s football when you're saying free safety and strong safety where the strong safeties were the linebackers, mm -hmm. the Roy Williams – and eventually, as those strong safeties rolled down into the box, they would get matched up with the slot receiver. And it was win for the offense. And then, as you said, now we got these guys rolling down that are lighter, and they're physical. They can play the run, but they can also cover your slot. So the true strong safeties anymore have evolved out of the game. It's really not a position that you, you don't want two strong safeties back there. You want two free safeties that tackle extremely well. So 190 pounds may not sound physical, but if you tackle well, it's the what we're looking for in the back end now for the future of spread offenses and four wide receivers and the things that 
the game is today that the game wasn't uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, LeVon Kirkland is a nose guard these days. The nose guard. 280 pounds. 270 or pounds, yeah. They would just run around him. All right. The the, the C-gap to C-gap players, where you only go C-gap to C-gap like Kirkland, they don't exist. They're called first and second down linebackers if the team can afford to have one. Yeah, and they usually can't. Um, Larry Ventresco, one of our best. Mark, this is a question asked last week that Bill and I tackled. Um, This is for you. Good morning, everyone. Again, Larry Ventresco. I asked this question last week, but Mark was not there, so I would like to get his opinion on this. What part of the state has the most talent and best teams? Before you answer, Mark, I'll let you know that Bill and I said that this year it appears to be Southwest Ohio, but it rotates. So your thoughts? Uh, both correct answers by you guys, but I'll give a generic answer. Population dictates. It's a numbers game. You know, you got more people, you got more population, you got more chances for great prospects. Now, what do you need to make that work? Great high school programs that develop. Uh, in, in Ohio right now, I'll use Youngstown as an example. We don't have a Division One high school in our area anymore. Uh, Warren Harding used to be Division One, Boardman and uh, Austintown Fitch. They're all Division Two now, working on Division Three. Mm-hmm. So the numbers in Youngstown have gone down, and you've seen the correlation of the prospects. Columbus booming, uh, Southwest Ohio booming, whether you're talking about Dayton or Cincinnati, the St. Xavier's and Molars and uh, Lakota West and th- all those Division One schools that are big time, Dublin Kaufman's and stuff like that, are more in the Columbus and Southwest Ohio areas. As I go to Toledo, it's more like a Youngstown. Uh, I'm not leaving Cleveland out. They have good football. And any given year, we could say, hey, Cleveland's on this year. They're ahead of Cincinnati or Columbus. Like you said, it's cyclical. Uh, but it, a lot of times, this is population. The last part of that is, is Ohio is Americana for football. If you came to Youngstown on Friday nights, there's nobody on the roads. Everybody's at the football games. And there's a lot of places like that where Friday nights, towns shut down. And you put your emphasis for that town on football which helps the development of football in your town because there's a priority and a care and a love for the game where in other states uh, you go to Friday night football games and those stands aren't full and the priority is not there to make those kids and teams important and the money that then flows into those programs for weight rooms and off season programs and, and trips to college camps, all that stuff spirals in with the bigger programs when you do it right. So if, if you want to talk about how you do it right, the big schools and big populations will produce, and then it is cyclical. Very generic answer. I didn't show any favoritism there, but like right now, Southwest Ohio's hot. That's hot. It could it could be it could be Cleveland or it could be the Akron Canton area next year. You saw me looking away there for a little bit, and I sent this to Mark earlier in the week, and I normally don't do this, but Youngstown and the state of Ohio, passion of mine. There is a podcast called Crooked City, Youngstown, Ohio. If you want to hear some crazy stuff, man, that and you're a podcast listener. Jim Jim Trafficant is one interesting cat. I will tell you that. Not just the hair either. I was in in third grade, and I I hate to repeat the story, but one of my classmates' father was beaten with a baseball bat about 10 houses down for gambling debts. And after school, all the kids rode down on their bikes and checked it out like it was a normal day in the neighborhood. So. Welcome to Youngstown, guys. We've seen so, it all uh, here. It's true, man. It's true. Like, uh, you are what you grew up in. You know, I grew up in the D.C. area and was around government people all the time, so I don't take that as impactful. And Mark grew up with uh, the DeBartolos holding court. And uh, 
That's probably a discussion for another time. That's for the first 10 minutes of the show that we don't produce. You should hear the stuff Bill talks about when he talks about his old mafia ties. Um, <laughs> it's great stuff. Uh-oh. Now, see, now everyone's hopping in here, but we've digressed. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, we'll finish it up here. Let's refresh everyone's memory here. Where are you guys headed this weekend, and what can we expect coming out of it? Bill, go first, please. Uh, Ten minutes down the road, Old Tangy Liberty is hosting Cleveland Glenville, and that means Arvell Reese, that means Bryce West, that means uh, – uh, Johnson, Johnson, Johnson Marquise West. Davis, uh, and West, Witten. That means the whole group, and there's a lot of players there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a name up there that nobody's talking about. Freddie Johnson has a brother who's a freshman, Sincere Johnson. He was rotating with the ones at middle linebacker. He's your next Andre Studervant, your next Devon Bogard, your next guy we'll be talking about so there's your bucknutters look at a freshman that'll be probably rotating in at glenville this week mark will be in toledo tonight we will have a complete buckeye in the sky tonight this weekend mark will have a complete buckeye in the sky for you on monday morning um it will be the best college uh, high school content you can get and we appreciate these guys stopping by back to full strength appreciate all the great questions uh not sure why we I digress the con the conversation into the mafia, but one will do what one can do. We appreciate you guys stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.